Welcome to the podcast, A Colored Girl Speaks, meditations on race and other magical things, a collection of personal essays on race, culture, and politics through the prism of identity, memory, and history, an intimate and often painful commentary on race in America and the way forward. Essays are by Andrea Hunter and are narrated by Tierra Moore. So, at last, this colored girl speaks. Episode 6. These boots are made for walking. Dressed in white go-go boots, a lavender mini dress, and a white blouse with double puff sleeves, I thought I looked sharp. No, I knew I did. Every time I wore those boots, they came with the soundtrack. Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Were Made for Walking. This day was no different. It was 1967, and I was a second grader. And by the end of this school year, it would be 1968. The year baby, my grandmother, passed away, and Dr. King was assassinated. But none of this had yet happened and the world was still my own, or so I believed. I started my walk home from what we still considered the white school. Not keeping to the main road, my best friends Val and Lisa and I cut through one of the neighborhood's side streets. Two white boys, not much older than we were, emerged from one of the houses and began to yell, sputtering racial slurs. My heart raced. We said nothing and continued to walk. Exasperated by our defiance, the two boys raised the BB guns, braced at their sides, and began to fire. My two friends took off in a brisk run. I did not. I could hear the BBs whiz past my head. Pellets bounced off my puffed sleeves. I steadied my pace slow and deliberate, raised my carriage and never looked back. For those two boys, our presence was out of place and deeply disruptive of something that was most precious to them, although they knew not what. But that walk, go-go boots and all, and my defiance was something they believed I had no right to. I was not fully aware of the force of history that made me so sure and defiant on that day. But I know as certain as you can know a thing at age seven that to retreat would do more damage than any BB could. Like others of my generation who walked through once closed doors, that long walk would take me to places no less fraught with tension and the challenge to belong than that neighborhood street. Once, When I thought I could not go on, I asked my father how black folk endured. He said, by faith and the belief that things would be different, if not for us, for our children. And we kept pushing and praying. You know, it is like a blade of grass pushing at concrete. Eventually, it breaks through. My father's words reminded me from whom I had come, and the force of will that brought me to that moment in place. So I endured.
But this was not the most important thing my father tried to tell me. His impromptu allegory gave testimony to the fragility of what seems to be the unmovable, the vibrancy and beauty of what lies beneath, and the transformative promise to set things right. On a visit to my hometown, I took a ride down that street where I first laid claim to the act of social protest. The white faces are all but gone, long ago having fled this place. But this is an irony that gives me no pleasure. Resigned, I wondered what it would take to walk the last mile of the way. This brings us to the end of this episode of A Colored Girl Speaks, Meditations on Race and Other Magical Things. Your time, the listen, and your engagement are most appreciated. To connect with the essayists and a broader community of listeners, please visit the website andreahunter.com or connect with us on Twitter, A Colored Girl Speaks, at I am Andrea Hunter. And subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Until we gather again, share your stories and meditations. And ask for those stories not yet given. Mm -hmm.